Welcome back. Hello, hello. This is Alyssa. And it is ill-natured. Today, we have a pretty important case, I would say, for what happens afterwards. Yep. And you probably have heard of this case before, um, but it's important to cover it. That's right. So today, I've done the case of Jacob Wetterling. Um, He was a missing child in the late 80s. And y'all, it's rough. It's anything with children, you know so hard to imagine somebody being able to hurt a child that's right so just you know i'll try to warn you before there aren't a lot of bad details in it thankfully they were never even put out there which is you know i mean it's a child you don't really want to get into too much gruesome details that's right for sure all right so let's get after it all right jacob was born february 17th 1978 to parents Jerry and Patty, and he grew up in a small town in Minnesota called St. Joseph. Like most kids, you know, he was an active, happy little boy. He loved to play hockey. Um, He loved the Minnesota Vikings, and y'all, when I was doing my research, I read this really good book. Oh, I, I, my references. Let me tell you about this book, and then I'll tell you the rest of my references real quick. So and then hop book. back into the yeah, story. <laughs> right back in there. Um, there's a really good book that I read. It is called Finding Jacob Wetterling, The 27-Year Investigation from Kidnapping to Confession by Robert M. Dudley. Um, I got a lot of really, just the details that, you know, make us really understand the day and what happened. Before. Books are the best. Yeah. Like, I've done a lot of online research, but, like. The books are worth Yes, that. for sure. Because so. you get a feel of. You know, books are able to just make you feel give like you you're more. There. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, so when I was when I was reading the book, it said Minnesota Vikings, and I was like, I just assumed it was hockey, but it's Minnesota a football team. Vikings are a football. Team. I would have never, never known it. Um, but anyways, I only also I think their colors fish. are like purple and silver. Oh, fancy Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Jacob also loved to fish with his dad. They had lots of spots to fish nearby. So that was kind of one of their activities they did on the weekends together. So Jacob was one of four children. He had two younger siblings, Trevor and Carmen, and one older sister named Amy. Um, At the time of his disappearance, he was 11 years old and in the sixth grade. Phew, those were the days, huh? 11 and in the sixth grade. Bless him. Okay, so let's get into his disappearance. Um, Jacob disappeared on Sunday, October 22nd, which is my sister's birthday. I kept looking at that date and being like, that's, she was born in 81. Sorry for blasting your age, sis. That's okay. Ivy got mad at me because I gave her whole name out on the podcast. You did give her whole name. I thought about that. Stop. So sorry, sis. Anyways. (laughs) We can't help it is who we are okay you're friends with us you're related to us we're just blasting you out you know yeah anyway so october 22nd 1989 um and the day he went missing all those favorite things i just told you about that he loved to do fishing and watching football and playing hockey his day was filled with all that stuff so it was a good day at least you know yeah and I know his family appreciates that, that they have those memories. I mean, he was doing what he loved to That's do. That's right. And with his dad. Sweet. All right. So the day he went missing, and this was a Sunday, um, he went fishing with his dad at Big Fish Lake, which is, it was really close to their house, like less than 20 miles, I think. Um, but then when they got back, they watched the Minnesota Vikings kick off at noon. Um then after the first half of the game, Jacob and his brother Trevor, now this was his younger brother, headed to the ice, and his only brother, actually. <laughs> they headed to the ice rink to practice hockey, which is, again, something they did often. 
I think that Jacob was on the hockey team at his school. Um, so once they got back home, after practicing hockey, he and his dad and his brother played a game of football in the backyard. And they had a, I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but like they didn't play a traditional football game. Like they had made up their own little game. And I was like, oh, cool. Fine. Anyway. Um, all right. So after they played football, Jacob's BFF, Aaron, came over to spend the night. They had a holiday the next day at school. And so, okay. You know, those are always the most exciting nights when you know the next day is supposed to be a school day, but you don't it, have to Is go. it? Yeah. And so they were just falling out of control. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on that evening, his parents had plans to attend a party to celebrate the success of the Millstream Arts Festival. Miss Patty, Jacob's mother, was a chairperson. Um, this event was located in Clearwater. It was a 20-minute drive from their home. Okay, so the oldest of J Jacob's siblings, Amy, was away at a friend's house that night. So Jacob was left in charge of his younger siblings. Oh, God bless. Yeah, he was 11. But, I mean, this was the norm back then. Yeah, I got to remember that. But yep. that's still, like, I can't imagine leaving my 11-year-old, which his little brother was, like, 10, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he, he was, was a just, year yep, younger it was than not him. A big, there was not a big age difference at all. Um, but, yeah, it's just how it was. My parents just let me, leave me and my sister. She was probably 12. Oh, I did too, but my dad was, I don't think was, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I would not leave my 11-year-old at home to watch their younger siblings. No. I don't think I should have been at 11, but you know, whatever. All the things that could happen one time. All right, y'all, this is a side note for this story. I tell people it's really brutal. So me and my sister and one of my best friends, Courtney, not gonna say her last name. I'm not trying to blast anybody on the pod, but I'll cut that um, out after Courtney was over at the house and we walk out the back door. All right, wait, let me preface that by saying we had we had this cat and we named her Viper because she was creepy. Like we got her. Her and there was one more. We we rescued him, I'm sure. Dad picked him up. Yeah. He found him somewhere by a dumpster or something like that. Anyway, and this cat was just you could tell, like and, and it's not <sighs> just cats, like animal I love cats animals in general you can tell when some of just like humans and you got a couple look in screws loose. Eyes and it's like something's wrong with this mammal anyway, <laughs> so, she we walk outside so we're there by ourselves you know just doing whatever we want living it up walk out the back door and there are kitten heads what on the uh, rug outside the back door Oh my god! It was like five or six, and Just they were their heads. at the cute age—not the little babies, but where their heads are kind of big and their bodies are still little. They were innocent, precious babies. So imagine the trauma of that, and you don't have your mom to run to. That was the point of my story—is that? But anyway, so we we also oh we look over in the um. I still, I can close my eyes and see those kittens' heads. It was That's insane. Terrible. That's terrible. nuts. You look over the porch, you can see their little bodies. Oh, my God. It was horrible. And we kept the cat. I, I'm not real sure what the logic there was. What I was about to say, what the heck? Like, why would you? They were perfectly healthy. They were precious. Who's, were they her kittens? Yes, they were her kittens. What? I just thought they were some, I mean, not that no. random kittens would be no, better, no, no. but she just, uh -uh. she slaughtered her, her she children. She slaughtered. Oh, she had a little taste of motherhood, you know, probably. And said, screw that. And she was like, too much, peace. And go honk, honk, honk on yeah, their man. little heads. Anyway, it was brutal. It was brutal. We were crying. <laughs> so we were younger. And it was really emotionally traumatizing. And there we were at the house with myself and my sister. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay, anyways, I forgot All we were right. like telling a story Side here. Side note. Okay, that was a side note, just an interesting little tidbit. I wish I had a picture of this cat so I could tell y'all just, you know, be weary. Because I don't know if she's still running around out there. Demon. You know? Demons live forever. Pet Cemetery. Viper my I love that movie. Stop. I love that. I need to watch it. Anyways. Jacob Wetterling. So, Jacob is in charge of his two younger siblings on... Um, and it didn't take long, you know, their their mom or somebody had ordered them a pizza 
and they ate their pizza and very soon after they were bored so the boys decided that they wanted and now this is aaron jacob's best friend jacob and jacob's little brother trevor so there are three boys and then the younger sister carmen is there too um anyway after they ate they decided they wanted wanted to take their bikes into town to rent a movie which was a, th- a normal thing for them. I was about saying, I don't even think it was, like, what, probably two miles, maybe? Yeah. I think I remember, I li- I've listened to this yep. case so That's much, right. yep. but I do think it was only, like, a couple miles. It was miles. very close. But they were in a rural part of town, so there weren't a lot of street lights, you know? Yes, I remember that. Town. Um, it was at the Tom Thumb convenience store, which I remember the Tom Thumb convenience stores. Um, but anyway, so, Jacob knew that he had to call his parents and get permission like and that's that's good it tells you what kind of kid he was you know like yeah he, he wasn't, wasn't just gonna, gonna sneak out. out that's right and so of course he had a phone number to the party that his parents were at um and so he called he talked to his mom but she did not agree to his plan so but but before this i thought it was really cute they got they got together all their stuff like they had reflective vests they had flashlights oh, like they had a plan they were preparing Jacob had already talked to the neighbor, and the neighbor was going to come over and watch the little sister while the boys went. So he had it figured he out. It he was like, there, there's no way. They didn't tell me no. That's right. Mom says no. Um, so then he sat on that for a little while, and then he called back and asked for his dad. Oh. And his dad, after hearing the plan, he, his dad said yes, that they could do it. So their neighbor came over to watch Carmen, the youngest sister. Um, the boys grabbed their flashlights and headed out. This was around 8.30 p.m. 8.30. And imagine how ex- You remember stuff like that was so exciting when you got a little bit of free. Yes, you're like, like, I am going to be... I just feel grown. That's right. And it's dark out and they're all... the reflective best. Mm. Riding their bikes to town. A simpler time. <clears throat> Alright, so... The only road to town was dark and quiet and that they only passed one car on their way into town, which I'm sure around here we can all picture this kind of road, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so they made it to the convenience store to rent their movie of choice, which was Major League. That's another thing. They had already decided the movie that they were going to rent when they got there. Um, but, and I can remember this feeling all too well, all the movies were checked out. I hated that. It was the worst. I was, I think I'm in the last generation that probably had like, so you had, like blockbusters or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I I used my, yeah, my mama would take me. And I remember one of the things I rented was, um, Zathura. I do not know what that is. Stop. Uh -uh. Tell me what, just a brief, brief overview. If y'all don't know what Zathura is, um, it has, I can't even remember the actresses and act or the actress and the actors that were in it, but it's like a space board game. It's kind of like Jumanji, oh. but they went into space and like they find this astronaut that turns out to be like the main character in the future. Like in this movie, something happened and like he got stranded in the. So it's like a board game. It's like but Jumanji, for but for space. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm gonna watch it. Anyways. I remember having to go rent those. To, and to go like rent, that. yeah. Well, Friday nights, if you didn't get there early, like I remember getting so irritated with my ride, my mother, and because you gotta get to the, you gotta get to the store early on Friday. You gotta hit it up right after school. Like there's no going home and deciding you want a movie. Everything's going, going to be gone. It's gonna be gone. So I feel, I feel the pain. Um. But anyway, they settled on the movie Naked Gun, which I, you know, I wanted to tell you all the movie names because it just kind of brings it to what time? Yeah, time yeah. Age. Um, Naked Gun was out on VHS <laughs> to be checked out at the convenience store. All right, so of course the boys, after they got the movie, they had to hit the candy aisle up. They signed the video out and headed back. It was a little after nine at this point, so they left their house at eight thirty. Um, it's been about thirty minutes there. Yeah. And head it out. That's right. Um, In this part, okay, y'all, just slight trigger warning. I mean, it's, you know, I have young sons, and it's it's hard to think of stuff like this. Yeah. Happens. Has happened. All right, so they head back, and along their route home, a man jumped out from in front, from a driveway in front of their bikes and yelled, stop. Can you imagine that? 
the oh just I, that just makes me sick to my stomach me too instead i after after yelling stop he says i have a gun and they're probably like well so now they know it's not you know the person who owns the house like that's the first thing that might pop in your head like this is the homeowner well and then you instantly get bad feelings when he's like i have a gun right exactly um and with their flashlights they could see a figure wearing dark clothing gloves and a mask over his head they said it's like a pantyhose yeah and trevor the brother i read somewhere that he he shined his flashlight in the guy's face. Really? So they were able to see him really well. Oh, I didn't know that. And, and the man yelled at him for shining the flashlight in his eyes. Um. Anyway, so they and they could see the gun. Not only he told them he had a gun, but they could see it in his hands, the silver gun. Um. So after yelling for them to turn off their flashlights, he ordered them to throw their bicycles into the ditch and to lay down on the ground on their stomachs. Um. In the grass. He then asked asked them their ages. Trevor responded that he was 10. And the man ordered him to get up and run west to the woods. Yelling, don't look back or I'll shoot. So this is all a pretty desolate area. I think there's a house like maybe a mile and a half from Jacob's. There's one right beside it. The road they traveled though. There are like two houses. Yeah. It's just... Right. So it's wide open, wide open space. So Trevor runs. I mean, what else would you do? Exactly. I, you're not going to sit there and stay. No. no. And so he's he terrified. He thought that's what was going to happen to everybody else. I'm well, assuming. I'm, you know, I can't imagine. Oh, I can't imagine. So next, Aaron, Jacob's best friend. All right. Next, Aaron and Jacob both told him they were 11. The man looked at their faces like he was examining. He's picking which one he liked better. He looked at their faces, grabbed Aaron's crotch. Ugh. Yeah. So after grabbing his crotch, he tells him to run into the woods. Same as same as Trevor. Don't look back or I'll shoot. Um. So Aaron called up to Trevor, who was, you know, had made it into the woods by this point. And when they looked back, the man and Jacob were gone. So he had taken Jacob. Yeah. Um, the two boys ran straight home and told the neighbor that had been watching the youngest sister what happened. Um, and then she called her dad. Her dad came over and then her dad called police. Um, but this all happened really quickly. Like police were at the house by 940 PM. Um, so it was fast. Yeah. I they see. got there fast and they, this is one of those cases that the police did exactly what they were supposed they to. were supposed to do. Um, Jacob's parents were called, of course, and they immediately raced home where they learned what happened on the short bike ride home from the store. Jacob's abduction was an eye opener for the residents of the small town of Saint 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 Excuse me Saint Joseph and throughout the country. And that's kind of in the beginning of that time where not really the beginning, though. It's really towards the middle. Because what was it? Like 70s, mid to late 70s. When kids were getting abducted. Oh, uh-huh. Yes, they're horrible. Yeah. But this was kind of the end of the era where kids got to go on bike rides by themselves to the store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so this this was really part of what opened people's eyes. Like, okay, we can't do this. We're risking our children at this point. Yeah. And, um, and it, it's so sad. Just like women not being able to go to certain places by themselves and you know, our children used to be able just to wander free. Yeah. And, you know, sad. All right. So that is the disappearance. Um, That's what happened. Of course, police started searching for Jacob immediately. And they searched tirelessly. Didn't find any signs, any signs of him. Um, But now I'm going to tell you about another crime, not a disappearance. Another crime that happened only nine months before this one to an 11-year-old boy less than 10 miles away. So they were trying to connect these cases. Exactly. Okay. Because they seem very similar. Yep. That's right. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, they were able to link them. This boy wasn't killed. This is the kind of thing, like, you wonder, was this, I wonder if this was on the news in that area. Just feel like you'd be hypersensitive if people knew about it, you know. Well, and I feel like in and uh, and I could be wrong, but I feel like in one podcast episode I was listening to about this, mm-hmm. they said that it wasn't like widely reported. Like 
a lot of times things like that aren't like I remember my worst said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. The apartment, one of the apartment complexes when I first went off to school at Georgia Southern was notorious for rapes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you never heard anything about it. Anything about it. Mm. So I feel like bad stuff like this, it makes the community look bad, whatever. That's right. I feel like that's changed a little bit now. At least I hope. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. So Jacob's disappearance was linked to an, linked to another crime that happened January 13th of 1989. Like I said, it was nine months before Jacob was, or Jacob disappeared. Um, 12-year-old Jared Cheryl Ayala, that's all I got. Cheryl was kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and threatened by an adult male. And as with Jacob, Jared was told to run and not look back or he'd be shot. Um, like I said, this happened only 10 miles from where Trevor, Jacob, and Aaron were stopped on their bikes. Um, and that case has never been solved. I mean, it, it had, it, eventually. It At that time, At that it was It was not solved. Um, and, you know, you can imagine some of the stuff. Like, I watched some interviews with Jacob's mom, Patty, and, oh, just the pain in her eyes and in her voice. It, it gives me chills. It, it breaks my heart. But instead of, you know, Patty could have sat in a dark room and not talked to anybody or not done anything. Um, but she went to work almost immediately after Jacob disappeared. Um, she became an advocate for children's safety and dedicated her life to the cause. In 1993, the Wetterling Act, a United States law requiring that states implement a registry of sex offenders and, and for those who commit crimes against children. That is like that's huge, and we use that today. And it's a big precedent, that, right? Like I don't know if you all check it, but if you don't, oh, I do. Have neighbors check it? Oh my gosh! It's when I lived in Leesburg. Oh my gosh, crazy. There's someone that I see on a weekly basis. Stop it! Oh, I gotta look at. I gotta look at. I gotta look at that. You do. Stop it. And you, you'll recognize a few people. What? But what is it for? Can you see the charge? Yeah, it'll tell you like child molestation and stuff like that. It'll so like, but it won't give you details. You it will not. Child molestation you see every every day. Every week. Alyssa, this is big, girl. Pull it up. Pull it. But I don't say, have Wi-Fi. God, son of Howard. All right. So again, that um, the legislation that put into effect the well I, I never knew that it was called it had a name i mean you know most um not legislation oh listen please help me think of the word for um like when when new laws and stuff are made um i'm not an idiot i am well Ugh. anyways the fact that i can look up a registry of sex offenders I never knew that it was because of that the Jacob Wetterling disappearance and because of his mom, all of her hard work. Like she ended up, she did all sorts of stuff. There's a really good website now too, which I forgot to do my uh, sources earlier. So I'll tell y'all about it. Um, but just, you know, she's teamed up with a bunch of other people and they just try to get legislation passed for stuff like this that, that'll benefit and help everyone. Right. So this doesn't happen again. And I'm sure that got her through it, having something that she could kind of throw herself into. That's right. And but it was something really good. So snaps for Miss Patty Wetterling. She did good. I think so too. <laughs> I was like, what? Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> All right. So Jacob remained missing for almost twenty seven years. Can you imagine? That's what I was just about to ask you is how long it took for them to solve the case. Seven years. And his mom, y'all, let me, I want to pull this. I want to read this quote for y'all. Um, well, did you, in uh, 1993, did they suspect it was somebody that had preyed upon children before just because of the yeah, other little boy? Yeah, they actually interviewed um, somebody that ended up, oh, I don't know, it's too bad. Um, but yeah. Oh, and I have another website to share with y'all that's just one of these crazy off the wall conspiracy theory. It's so right. it's so crazy to read them, but I mean, 
I, I wonder sometimes. Um, but but her family treated treated it the case like Jacob was still alive until they knew otherwise. They had they, hope. That's right. And they kept that hope for 27 years. Um, all right. So now here we're getting into this has been solved, thankfully. Um, but this guy was on the streets for a long time. Oh, yeah. 27 years doing probably this. God knows repeatedly. what. Yeah, right. So in October of 2015, Danny Heinrich was named a person of interest in Jacob's case. This was not the first time he had been interviewed. Oh, that, yeah. and I hate that. I hate Me hearing that. Who? I don't get a lot of backstory on why he was interviewed or suspected. Um, I mean, he lived like, I think, 20, 30 miles from there. Right. I don't know if he had just been in the area or been seen in the area. Or, wait, because I also read, <clears throat> so Danny Heinrich's mother was married to a man. His last name was Hart, so I'm just going to call him Hart. He um, was a child molester and mm. allegedly molested Danny Heinrich and his older brother David, along with countless other children. And so oh. it did come out in a later article that I read that Mr. Hart had said, they needed to they needed to talk to Danny Heinrich. So this was he was in he was in prison and maybe still is. Like I don't I don't think he had finally been been caught caught. And I did read that somewhere. So wow. there was a reason that they interviewed him yeah. all those years ago. Because but you think about like I feel like there are two extremes if someone's sexually molested as a child you know they're they're totally opposite and then you do have those people who do it yeah kids like the trauma from that y'all just oh my gosh it breaks my heart but anyway um he was named a person of interest in jacob's case this came after his dna was a match in jared cheryl's case i know that's not pronounced right and again i'm sorry um, that I talked about before, the similar case. Okay, so they miles. can match yep. him to mm-hmm. this, like you said, the similar case that happened yep. about nine months before Jacob. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's so, good. That's yep. DNA. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, best invention ever. But then you also, well, yeah, you also hear those other sides, and I didn't realize mistakes were made in DNA. I think they're few and far between. Yeah, but they are made. I mean, people are anyway. But, of course, too much time had passed. Um, there was nothing they could do. Oh, because of the statute of limitations. That's right. God, I don't uh, think that should be a thing for child. a child molester, always a child. And you'll see, yeah. though, this case is full of wins, you know? I mean, it, it's horrible that Jacob's life was lost. But, I mean, what a legacy. Like, so many things have been done because of this. Yeah. Um, In other cases, too. Anyway. So, they couldn't. They could not... You kicking your mic box off? <laughs> they could not prosecute him, but this did allow them to get a search warrant for his house. So okay. The score, it did something. Um, and they found in while searching his house, nineteen binders full of child pornography. Yeah. Yeah. What the yeah. hell? He had them organized in his closet. Ew! No! 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 Disgusting. They found videos where he would just randomly video kids, like that on the playground, creepy playing sports. Like this guy was a yeah. sick dude. Yeah. That's ugh, a pedophile. Let me catch yeah. somebody recording children on the playground. Yeah. I'll handle that situation real quick and fast. Like not you're not gonna get other hand. you yeah. ain't gonna get a chance to do what you want to do. Forget Promise you that. Being polite when it comes to my children, it's gonna go straight to the next level. Honestly, for sure. So, thankfully, they did find something, um, and they were able to charge him on with pornography charges, like child pornography. Child charges. pornography. Um, but they charged him on October twenty eighth of twenty fifteen. Um, the arrest led him to cooperate with police on Jacob's case. Mm. With a plea deal. I course. knew that was... I mean, that's yeah, the only way... I, the only I mean, that's it. These criminals, they don't really care. Even if it's the only They need ways. a reason <laughs> to cooperate. 
I love it. Okay, so, and I was really glad to hear that they asked for the Wetterling's blessing on the plea deal. Like, they didn't just offer it to him. They right, right, right. They said, were like, hey, this guy says he has info in the case. We're going to offer him this deal. Are you if, okay with it? Yep. Mm-hmm. And they probably wanted the answers. Because they do. I'm sure. More They're like, get do things. what you need to do to get this sicko behind bars for That's my right. child's disappearance. Yeah, and that, and I know where his body is. That's I've right. I've said it before, but that's one of those things, like, I just wouldn't ever feel like it was final or like I could move right. on without having their body. Anyway, um, so, like I said, they agreed to the deal, which said that Heinrich couldn't be tried for Jacob's assault and murder, which statute of limitations had passed. I'm just Not for that- murder. Had it? Well, that's kind of why the plea. Yeah, no, I don't think there is a statute of limitations for that, uh-uh. unless it was like 1903. You think? Let's Google that. Do we? I want to know that. I don't think there is one, or it's like, mm, I think it's like there's not one. Okay, well that's great, but but for the assault on Jared that happened um, nine months before Jacob, that was past the statute, and and really the plea deal prevented i guess so he can't be charged for his murder Mm -mm. nope not with the plea deal like that's what the plea deal says that's insane i know well it says in georgia georgia there's no statute of limitations for murder cool i didn't know that most states impose no time limit but anyways nice thanks Alyssa. i knew that i thought murder was kind of serious too that's right for statute of limitations (laughs) All right, so on the stand in court, um, Danny, in front of Jacob's family, he calmly told the story of what happened on the night of October 22nd, 1989. Like, calmly? What? I hate when there's, like, no remorse. I know, I know. And how could you, in the same room with the parents? All right, so this is the story. Again, trigger warning. Um, Because we're going to go a little bit more detailed than, or know what happened after. Exactly. After they the other missed, two boys they went missing. Off. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's not easy to listen to. All right. So, and I never found exactly what he was doing, what Danny Heinrich was doing the night of the abduction. It seemed like he was just milling about, driving around. Well, I was about to say, I think he was just know. like camping out because. Well, and there have been a lot of assaults. The apartment that Danny Heinrich lived in, there were like eight or nine unsolved assaults, like during the same time period of, you know, male molesting children. And it's like, you know, that that was probably him. This is probably what he did. He went out and trolled around looking for kids. Exactly. Anyway. So it says that he, he says that when he saw the three boys biking, he put on a mask, pulled out his gun, and stopped them. Apparently, he was already pulled over on the side of the road. He didn't say it, but I feel like maybe they passed one car on the way to town. Well, that's what I was about to say. I wonder if it was him. And that's what and I And that's think. he pulled off and was like, I'm just yep. going to wait for them to come back. Exactly. They're leaving. They're probably going to come back down this road. So, he sat. That That's what I think happened. It never, nowhere came out and said that. And he didn't come out and say that. But just surmising that that's what happened. Um, so after this, again, I'm going to continue Danny's story. After telling two of the boys to leave, he took Jacob to his car and handcuffed him, like, to the inside of the car, like, onto him. Right. You know, something. Like the oh shit bar or something. Exactly. (sighs) Oh shit handle, stop it. Oh. And then he drove him to a nearby gravel pit, and he sexually assaulted him in a grove of trees. This is, y'all, true warning. This is very sad. It makes me cry every time I look at it or read it. Um, Jacob had been forced to strip. He told Danny that he was cold and he asked him to go home. Um, I'm crying. Like, I can't. At that point, Heinrich said Jacob asked him, and this is a direct quote, Jacob asked him, what did I do wrong? And started to cry. Alyssa. Oh. You just 
ripped my heart out and oh, stomped no. on it. And he's this guy's just calmly telling it. Ugh. Heimrich said that he then panicked. He loaded his revolver with two bullets. He told Jacob to turn around that he had to go to the bathroom, that Danny had to go to the bathroom, and shot him once in the head. And Jacob didn't fall. He was still standing. Oh, my gosh. And so then he shot him again, um, killing him with the second shot. And he buried the body with a bobcat, like a construction mm-hmm. equipment. You know what I'm talking about? Those little... He found nearby, which who leaves their keys in there? I don't know. I, mean, I guess because it was such a rural area. All right. Well, um, my question is like, why? Like, what made him panic to shoot him? I wonder if he didn't get nervous when Jacob asked him what he did wrong and started crying. Was kind of the the idea that I got. Like, and maybe it hit him that hey, I've been out here. I'm sure he'd taken his mask off at that point. Well, you, I, I. Mm. I thought some other kids could recognize him too, but he didn't kill them. I was just confused. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we're not going to be able to make they sense of this dude's brain. Okay. So. so then he got the bobcat. He buried, he buried Jacob's body. And then around a year after, he went back to check on the body. Yeah. To see if it was still buried, whatever. And you could see what he said in one interview is that you could see the you could see Jacob's jacket sticking up out of the ground. So then he dug up Jacob's body. What? Oh, because it's okay. It. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say if his jacket's sticking up out of the ground, he's thinking, oh, somebody's gonna find him. This was a year later. Uh, can you imagine? But like, he was just revisiting the scene. Yeah, that's just yeah. Probably going there to probably for some sick reasons. It probably oh. wasn't to. And by, I mean, seriously, like, relive the moment. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't. Yep. So, he dug up Jacob's body. And and then in one interview, he said he didn't even really have to dig. It was so close to the top of the earth. Oh. Yeah. So, the ground either had eroded that much or he didn't dig that far down. Yep. That's right. And so, he put his body into a trash bag. um, And he moved it. And he moved it to a field, and it was near the house he lived in at the time. So, you know, so he was, he, yeah, so he was moving on it. And, yeah. All right, so this plea deal. One of the conditions was that he would have to lead investigators to Jacob Rema- Jacob's remains, which he did. On September 1st, 2016, he led investigators to the remains. Um, they found Jacob's clothes one of which was a red St. Cloud hockey jacket. Um, And that was a jacket that they had shown on the news. Like, that was a big part of the case Mm -hmm. um, whenever they were trying to find Jacob. And so police knew when they they saw the jacket and they saw the bones that it was him. Um, So, I mean, you know, I'm glad that his his parents have some closure. um, And I'm glad that this jerk, He's at least going to go into school for something. School. Y'all, he is not going to school. This man is I was in- like, wait, what? <laughs> this man is in prison. I was about to ask you, um, where is he at now? Sorry. All right. But but is one of the things his mom said, and this is a direct quote, for us, Jacob was alive, Wetterling said, her voice breaking, until we found him. We need to heal. That's one of the things she said after. I mean, just. Now they can, they know what happened. And that That's he right. is able to be buried properly and they can, not that he'll completely or like forget it will happen, but they can uh, move forward with, yeah. Maybe. I don't think you ever heal from something like that. Not completely. No. Um, but Patty Wetterling also said, I want to say to Jacob, I'm so sorry. It's incredibly painful to know his last days, his last hours, his last minutes. We love you, Jacob. We will continue to fight. Our hearts are hurting. Think about your baby going through that kind of stuff. And how's his dad doing? We don't hear a lot about his dad. Well, he's the one that told him to go, remember? So I wonder if he has... Oh, Alyssa. That's probably why we haven't heard a lot from him. Yeah. He's probably... That the guilt of that, bless Because she said no, remember? Like, she originally said no, and he called back. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, so Danny Heinrich was sentenced to 20 years, um, and that was that's the max sentence for child pornography charges. Um, 
but the judge told him that I love this, that he would likely never see the light of day again. Not those exact words. They should never let him out. Like, I don't care. Wait till you hear what's coming up. You're going to be really excited. Okay, good. Um, But because of the nature of his crimes against Jacob, she was like, you're not going anywhere, buddy. Like, don't think you're about to parole in five years. That's right. Exactly. To get out and do this again. You sick, sick dude. So, as of today, and that's that's pretty much the end there. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure his parents buried his body, and and we've got the the sicko in jail where he belongs. But he would get out. He would be 70 when he was released. When did he get arrested again? 2016 was when he was charged. And when did he get put in prison? Like, you know, charges? I think it was 2016 because... It said he would be eligible for parole in 17 years. Can you, we do the math? Let's see. Not in my head. I was about to say, ma'am, you know I'm not good at the math. Uh -uh. All right. 2016 was when he went in. All right. Let's see what 20 years is. Whoa, not 200. (laughs) 2036. But they said he would be eligible for the first time in 20, 2033 okay. um, for parole. So, as of today, 59-year-old Heinrich is serving his 20-year sentence at the Federal Medical Center Devins in Ayer, Massachusetts. This is a federal prison. You might know more on this than, than I do. Um, it's a United States federal prison for inmates requiring specialized or long-term medical or mental health care. I could not figure out if it's a place like for pedophiles, like if we're calling that, if we're recognizing that as some kind of disease now. I wonder if it's just like any prisoner, not like, so, you know, they have like insanity hospitals or like psychiatric wards for prisoners, but I wonder if it's something like that, like mixed with a prison kind of like a. But why was he in there is what I want to know that I could not find. I found one article and it was trying to make me pay for a subscription. And I was just like, man, ain't nobody got extra cash for that. I wonder if they just decided like his crimes were. I mean, he has to be sick and they had to be doing all this, you know. Right. But there are all kinds of different. Like I read through some of the most infamous inmates at this, this place. And there were mob bosses and people for fraud. Like. I, I don't. I don't know. I couldn't find enough info. If anybody knows, interesting. Um, you know, what was what it called again? Take, okay, it's a uh, Federal Medical Center, Devins, D E V, is in Victor E N S. And I, like I said, I found an article. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with him. Like, did he have a diagnosis that we don't know about? A medical diagnosis, or for him to be moved to that prison? All right, so this is what I was telling you about that's going to make you very happy. happy, Okay. Prosecutors plan to move to civilly commit him after his prison sentence is over. Never heard anything about civilly committing a criminal. Okay? Yeah, I'm confused. Okay, good. Let me tell you, sis. I wrote on here, didn't know this was a thing, but I'm really happy it is. So, because because of Danny... Heinrich's crimes and the child pornography collection found in his house. So let me tell you about civilly committing a criminal. Okay. It you're gonna be happy. Okay, cool. Let's yep. do it. Let's do it up. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a this is a website called findlaw.com. Mm-hmm. Um, some states have used civil commitment proceedings to remove habitual sex offenders from society. This is like um banishing people. Okay. okay? Like, modern-day banishment, but only for the sickest, sickest folks. That's right. Um, Civil commitment for sex offenders can happen after they've already served the sentence for their crime and without having violated any other laws. So we can do this. They don't have to commit another crime or kill another young boy for this to happen. We can do this without any other crimes being committed. Instead of punishment for past crimes, this form of involuntary confinement is based on the risk that an individual may commit offenses in the future. Civil commitment isn't limited to sex offenders, as it has been used for those who pose a high risk to themselves or others and can include people with mental illness, development, developmental disabilities, or chemical dependencies. 
All right, so I want to tell y'all the reason or how civil commitment works. The typical civil commitment process is guided by standards focusing on the level of, level of danger that the individual poses, not just their need for treatment. There are usually two stages in the process, the petition stage and the court stage. All right, so at the federal level, and this, you remember Adam Walsh? Yeah, he's actually on our list to do. Yep. Okay, so under the Adam Walsh Act, passed in 2006, which governs civil commitment by the federal government, the U.S. Attorney General or any un, un, any authorized official in the Department of Justice or Bureau of Prisons can initiate a civil commitment process by certifying an individual as a sexually dangerous person. So basically, they just have to go through the court to make sure right. they're never released again. And another good piece of legislation passed by a family, you know, or Adam Walsh, blessed it. It was so cute. I know. What, what, mm. I know. We'll but anyway, that. so that's something else good that came out of an abduction and murder. So anyway, yeah, this is a thing. This is awesome. Like, if, if we're not going to, you know, shoot pedophiles in the head just stop them i mean seriously this that's might a, as well what we need to do but anyways right. this is a step in the right direction these people should not be let back out to do it again no no and like that's the thing like we will cover so many cases where it's like these repeat offenders that yes. escalate and yep. like they should have never been let out in the first place yep. Because they obviously don't change. Like, tell me one sex offender that got out of prison one yeah. time and was like, I'll never touch a child again. Mm-mm. Nope. They don't exist. Because they're sick in the freaking head. And they stay that way for life. So, you know. All right. So, we can now civilly commit people. And like I said, not just pedophiles, but people that rape women, you know. People that just continuously do dangerous things. Even drug addicts. Yeah. That, that repeatedly do I'll know one of them hobos need to be in the prison, but I ain't gonna call her out. Okay, mother. Anyways. She said it. That's that. That is the case of Jacob Wetterling. I do have a few more sources to tell you about before we go. Okay. There's a Today Show clip on YouTube. The story of Jacob Wetterling by Crime Buzz. Oh, Today Show clip. That's right. Um, I like Crime Buzz. Go check, check out their videos on YouTube. Um, there was an NBCNews.com article by Eric Ortiz. That's the article that told um, about Danny Heinrichs, whatever. Uh, Wikipedia, of course, as usual. And then if you want to go and check out Patty Wetterling, all of her hard work that established these foundations, um, the website is www.zeroabuseproject.org. And within that website, you can find the Jacob Wetterling Resource Center, JWRC. Um, and again, it's lots of good info for how to protect our kids. That's right. And and I'm sure there are ways you can donate, which, you know, I think it would be a good thing. I'll say if you have the means to. Protect our, protect our babies. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, NPRnews.com. This one was difficult to research. It's difficult to talk about, like I said, right. children, but a lot of good legis- legis- legislation came out of this case. And um, this is me encouraging you to look up your local sex offender registry because yes. I really do think it, one, is good to be aware, but two, like, I mean, what if there's somebody you're hanging around know that. Their faces. Know their faces. Save them to your phone. Yeah, I mean, quick reference. It's, 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 I'm so serious. It's very important. So, yep. Absolutely. Go check them out. Please do. And you can check them out thanks to the Wetterling Act. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that's it. Hopefully, the next one I do, I'm going to find something a little more still crimey and grimy. Crimey and grimy, baby. <laughs> yes. Crimey and grimy, but a little more, um, you know, maybe nothing to do with the child. Okay, I'm gonna steer clear because for a while. I'm going to warn you, warn the yeah. folks that be listening yeah. on Good next morning. next <laughs> week's case. Mm-hmm. It's left me speechless. She has had me on the edge of my seat for weeks. Um, and 
you're going to be even on the more edge of your seat because <laughs> okay. we're probably not going to finish all I the might details fall off of it. Off the cliff. Okay. But um real quick before we go, I do want to shout out a few things that are happening cool with the podcast. Yeah. Um first of all, I don't know if we've mentioned it in one of our earlier episodes, but we have most of our listeners are from the United States right. and probably mm-hmm. local, but we do have a listener from the United Kingdom and Costa Rica. So exciting. So that is so cool. Um, so shout out to y'all. Please yes, share with your friends. You. Um, y'all rock. So awesome. And the second person I'm shouting out it was our <laughs> this is kind of silly, but if she's listening, I'm so glad you're listening. I met her at a board and brush. Nice. And this is on Friday when I did my bachelorette party. And this party. is Board and Brush in Albany, guys. Such a cool place. Yeah. In Albany, Georgia. Look it up. Go. Support It's business. so fun. Yeah. But one of the girls there said she was going to listen to the podcast. So, if you're here, whoa. My cup's falling over on me. Shout out. You're cool. Snaps. We're going to start doing that. Snaps. We're back. Snap, snap, snap. But, yeah. You so, um, we're just glad y'all are all here. So- Glad. We're having so much fun doing this. Um, and I mean, you know, it's not, there's, this is not just entertainment. There's a reason that we're telling you these stories. Right. It's either for you to learn something, um, for us all to learn something like Jacob Wetterling's case. Um, to I mean, be aware, like that's it right. really helps yep. train you to be aware. And a reminder of what could happen in this crazy world. This that's the way right. I look at it. I want right. to know every possible way it has happened. So that I can, I can prevent it as much as I possibly can. That's right. So I always, I always think that I don't, I don't like, I don't want it to sound like I'm doing this for entertainment. My heart hurts for these real people that we talk about. That's right. And, and these are real people. These are real stories. That's and it's right. scary how some of these transpire. That's right. And we just, we don't want you to think, yeah, podcasts are entertaining. They're a form of entertainment, but we're not doing this to to entertain you. We want you to know so that your life could be saved or someone else's. And we want you to know how much we hate these criminals. That's right. And I hate them. All of them. Y'all suck. You suck. Oh. Anyways. Right. Well, we love you guys. Um, as always. Follow us <laughs> on the Instagram. Yes. At Ill Natured Pod. Facebook. Facebook group, Ill Natured Podcast. We do have a Twitter. I don't know if I've told you all this in do the past. Have Twitter? Yeah, I don't think we have any followers though. But all right, hey guys, let's change that. If you're on Twitter, follow yeah. us at Ill Natured Pod. Mm-hmm. Our email, Ill Natured Pod at yahoo.com. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. And of course, as always, leave us a rating, review, subscribe. All the things. And share to your lovely friends. Please. And thank you. Yeah. So. um, Y'all have a good week. Yeah. Suggestions, tips, pronunciation corrections. All the things. Just bring it on. We love you guys so much. And we'll be here next week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.